0: Welcome to the Marlborough Monday Espresso podcast. It is the 9th of May. Good morning, Nathan. Another fascinating week in markets last week. Yeah, so
1: quite a volatile week actually for markets. I think if we focus in on the US first. We did see news of the biggest market up day last week for the year, and the biggest market down day for the year. So this obviously gathered lots of attention during the week, that focus on volatility. But interestingly, If you look at the returns for the S&P for the
0: week, the market was only down 0.2%. So yes, volatility intra-week, but not too much for the week itself. That volatility really on the back of what was the biggest talking point of the week, which was the Fed's meeting.
1: Yeah, so the US Central Bank came out and they raised interest rates as expected. So they raised interest rates by half a percentage point. So why the volatility in markets? So when they raised interest rates, they talked about the fact that they weren't going to raise interest rates by 0.75% at the next meeting, so three quarters of a percent. And the market liked this, but the following day we had some data out which implied that inflation is still around, it's still ever-present, and the market sold off because the market is thinking, has the Fed got this right? So will they actually need to increase interest rates more aggressively than they currently anticipate? So that's the the real reason behind the volatility we saw in the week.
0: Now, the reason that they may not need to raise rates as quickly as feared is that perhaps they're seeing some of the inflation pressures starting to ease. Now, in the short term, we still had the oil price up again last week, up to about $110 now, but perhaps looking further out, some easing on the horizon.
1: Yeah, so if you think about what's been driving inflation, and excuse the pun, it has been people buying cars. So spending on new cars, spending on secondhand cars. And we all know that once you buy a car, you're not likely to buy another car in two months' time. So it's kind of a one and done investment. So what we expect is that you know the spending that has happened in that segment of the market will decline. And then secondly, shelter, so people spending on housing. Now housing is going to be linked. Two, mortgage rates. Mortgage rates are rising because interest rates are rising, which tends to cool housing. So those areas of inflation should start to soften, which should lead to lower inflation.
0: Now, despite that, the weakness in equity markets this year, on the U.S. side in particular, perhaps pricing in fears of recession. On the other hand, we've got a labor market that is still very tight and indicating that the economy actually is still pretty strong. Companies are still creating jobs and they are still paying up for people.
1: Yeah, so actually, if you look at one of the most powerful drivers of economic activity is employment. And if we look at the unemployment rate, it is at extremely low levels, so 3.6%. So last week, we had confirmation that employment is still quite strong in the US. We had 428,000 jobs. That means that we've had 16 months
0: of continued expansion. So that's quite a positive We've also got a tight labor market here in the UK. We saw figures last week, wage growth here 5.4%, and that likely to stay high because at the moment there is apparently only one person available for each vacancy, for each open job that's around. So the labor market here in the UK also still tight, knock-on impacts potentially for company margins. It will also keep the pressure on inflation. But that wage growth level is still below inflation levels. So consumers will still be feeling the pinch, and that potentially leading to lower growth, and hence those recession concerns that I mentioned earlier. It's worse over in Europe. In Europe, the equity market's definitely pricing in recession. A stat that we've seen today, very clear that the closer you get to Russia, the worse things are. The Polish market down 28% for the year. The German market down 22%. France is down 17%. Spain down 7 The UK market flat to positive for the year. It's not all doom and gloom though. On the bond side, we do see some positive indications. The bond market still not yet pricing in these recession risks. In particular, we're looking here at corporate bond spreads, so the additional cost of finance uh, for companies relative to their sovereigns. Now, corporate bond spreads at the moment still trading tighter than their long term averages. So, again, as I say, an indication that the corporate bond market not yet pricing in that recessionary fear. Something that we mentioned last week is the weaker sterling continues to help out sterling-based investors. Sterling weaker again last week, and that actually turned some of the negatives into positives. So while the U.S. market in local terms was negative, for a sterling-based investor, the S&P 500 was up 1.5%. So that weaker sterling will also be a positive for the FTSE 100. The FTSE 100 garnering most of its revenues offshore, and when those get translated back at a weaker sterling rate, that equals higher profits. So definitely some positives to take out of the current situation. Still remains a fascinating point in the markets. Lots to speak about. This week we've got inflation data coming out. Of course, on the geopolitical front, there's the May parade in Russia. We'll see if Putin uses that as an opportunity for escalation. We certainly hope not. But definitely lots going on, lots to look out for, and we hope to speak to you again next week. Thank you. Thank you.